President Tsai Ing-wen says that Taiwan's partnership with its closest non-official ally, the U.S., will continue to grow regardless of who wins in Taiwan's presidential election in January next year. Speaking at an Independence Day reception hosted by the American de facto embassy, the AIT, Tsai said all the three main presidential candidates who were present at the event would agree with her without hesitation. It was the first time for the three candidates to be gathered together at one event after they formally declared their candidacies. But they didn't seem to be terribly keen on interacting with each other. Let's take a look at the event. President Tsai Ing-wen and AIT Director Sandra Odkirk raise a toast to America's Independence Day. Odkirk said that the U.S. greatly appreciated President Tsai's leadership. Your resolve to devote yourself to ensuring peace and prosperity for the people of Taiwan has never wavered and the United States appreciates your steady leadership in an increasingly complex geopolitical situation. I believe that as your presidency ends next year, culminating in the peak of your leadership and concluding it successfully, we will clearly see a better Taiwan than the one we saw when you first took office. Oddkirk also said Taiwan and the U.S. would continue to enjoy a close partnership. U.S. support for Taiwan is long-standing, unwavering and bipartisan. Our common values of democracy, human rights and freedom form the foundation of our excellent relationship. At every critical juncture of Taiwan's political history, the United States was always there to lend its assistance and encouragement to Taiwan. This support has helped build the confidence of the Taiwanese people. A confident Taiwan is essential to regional peace. And when Taiwan's democracy is secure, the region is secure. This Independence Day reception hosted by the AIT was not only attended by President Tsai, but also the DPP's presidential candidate, Vice President Lai Ching-de, along with the KMT presidential candidate Hou Yi and TPP presidential candidate Ke Wen-je. This partnership will continue to grow no matter who the next president of Taiwan is. I'm sure all the presidential candidates who are here tonight would agree with me without hesitation. Would you like to raise your hand? Say yes. Before the event began, Ho and Ke both entered the venue. Ho had an interpreter on hand, while Ke was accompanied by TPP Secretary General Tom Zhou, who is a former diplomat. They exchanged pleasantries with American members of Congress and officials, and then stood on different sides of the reception area and avoided bumping into each other. The three candidates for the 2024 presidential election have yet to release white papers on their policies, but already their views on China and international affairs are prompting academic discussion. Vice President and DPP presidential nominee Lai Qingde recently got the ball rolling with a letter to the Wall Street Journal, which outlined the vice president's cross-strait policies. Let's hear what the analysts have to say. Speaking at a news conference Friday, one think tank researcher shared his analysis of the three main presidential candidates' cross-strait policies. The researcher argued that DPP candidate Vice President Lai Qingde, who recently wrote to the Wall Street Journal outlining his policies concerning China, had the clearest stance on the issue. 
维持现状。Preserving the status quo will be at the core of Lai Qingde's cross-strait policy in the future. It's also a stance that puts the U.S. and the international community most at ease. It's also a radically different approach from those of candidates Ke Wenzhou and Hou Youyi. When we look at Taiwan issues, breaking away from reunification and independence, and turning towards internationalization represents a paradigm shift in Taiwan's security strategy. One researcher compared Lai with TPP candidate Ke Wenzhou, saying that Ke has only talked about restarting cross-strait trade talks, but has offered no concrete solutions on how to do that. The researcher said that KMT candidate Ho Youyi has discussed the 1992 consensus and the constitution, and has talked about reducing conscription to only four months, but added that Ho had spoken in a roundabout and contradictory way. Ho seems unprepared on defense issues, he said. He has said he wants to defend the Republic of China, but has also admitted that his 1992 consensus means that neither side recognizes the other's sovereignty. So how would he defend the sovereignty of the Republic of China? You can see that Ke is really hot in the polls right now, but his stance on China is rather ambiguous. He seems to have forgotten his stance previously during the Sunflower Movement. Most recently, following the backlash against his trade comments, he hasn't made any further comments on the issue. To date, none of the candidates have issued a white paper on their policies. Lai has chosen to discuss key issues first and is expected to travel overseas next. That trip would take him to Paraguay with a transit in the U.S., which has garnered the attention of observers. Banquets with the overseas community and meetings with our U.S. representative Shelby Kim are sure to garner the attention of people in Taiwan and the international community. When will Ho Youyi go? On the issue of conscription, he had said he'd reduce it to only four months if elected, and then later changed his mind. He was worried that if he visited the U.S. and was asked about the issue there, he wouldn't know what to say. There are still calls to switch Ho in the pro-China camp, and there are many other variables in a three-way presidential race. The three candidates' international policies, however, have already become a battleground in their campaigns. China and America's trip war is getting more fierce. In the latest, China has placed export controls on two rare metal essentials for making semiconductors. Starting in August, China's Ministry of Commerce says the export of gallium and germanium will require a license over security concerns. Experts believe Beijing is hitting back at the U.S. for imposing bans on the sales of advanced chips to China. The impact on Taiwan's semiconductor sector seems to be limited for the time being. However, this shows China is taking the chip war to the upstream sector. And whether this will have more ripple effects and lead to another wave of inflation remains to be seen. The Chinese government has imposed export controls on gallium and germanium and related items in accordance with the law to ensure that their usage is legal. Our purpose is to maintain national security and better fulfill our international obligations. China's Commerce Ministry has announced that starting on August the first, exports of the rare metals gallium and germanium will be restricted, emphasizing that this is to protect China's national security. 
but asgallium and germanium are widely used to make semiconductors, mobile communications and optoelectronics. The move is seen as a backlash against US bans on exports of certain kinds of chips to China. It also shows how the chip war between China and America is getting fiercer. Gallium and germanium have obvious military and civilian dual-use properties. When the Chinese government imposes export controls, it is not aimed at any specific country. China has made advanced notifications through China-US and China-EU export control channels. For the first time, China has carried out so-called export controls on semiconductor materials at the upstream end to attack the US. The entire war will very probably move gradually from the original downstream sector to the upstream sector. Experts say China's market share in metals germanium and gallium is as high as 80%. Whether China's focus on semiconductor raw materials will create ripples and lead to another wave of inflation is worthy of attention. Fortunately so far, there has been little impact on Taiwanese manufacturing. TSMC executives say the Chinese export controls will not have any direct impact on its production, and they are closely watching developments. As for wind semiconductors, which uses gallium to manufacture optoelectronic devices, only a small amount of substrates are purchased from China. They are mainly purchased from Germany and Japan, so the impact will be limited. At present, the impact on Taiwan's manufacturers is of course limited. The US, Germany and Japan each have a company involved in extremely advanced material science, so they will very probably be directly impacted. US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, who is currently visiting Beijing, says the US is still evaluating the impact of Beijing's new export controls. She added, however, that they remind the US of the importance of building resilient and diversified supply chains. Taipei 2023 Summer Festival is in full swing with yacht trips, picnics and fireworks displays. This year, the Taipei city government has expanded the usual one-day event into a 51-day extravaganza. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us there. Passengers board a yacht wearing cheap house while snacking on food and drinks. Live music plays as the guests enjoy waterfront views. The Taipei 2023 Summer Festival kicked off on July 1st and will be held till August 20th in the Dadaotan area. The festival will be held for 51 days this year. There will be a series of themed events every day. There will be fireworks shows and markets as well as themed events and yacht trips. On Mondays, people who are 65 years or older can get a boat ticket coupon at the number 5 Watergate information desk by presenting their ID cards and adding Taipei City's official line account. On Tuesdays, groups of two or more people can enjoy picnicking along the wharf, though they must first sign up online. On Wednesdays, boat discounts are available to people who wear matching outfits or yukata if they add the city government's line account. There are several highlights, including theme days each day. We have different lightscapes on the shore and on the cruise ship. Whether you are walking on the riverbank or on the boat, you can enjoy the different views of Dadaochen. The Taipei city government encourages people to take public transport to get to the Dadaochen area. 
FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Tan Junhao in Taipei. Virtual scenes filmed in studios typically rely on green screens, but that has its limitations. A new virtual studio at FTV offers a modern alternative: large, high-resolution LEDs and surround sound technology to make for an immersive experience. The technology is used for both filming and live performances. Industry professionals say the system is the most comprehensive one in the country, and that it overcomes the limitations of outdoor filming and performances. A violinist performs in front of a set of large monitors. Through this virtual studio, the audience is given an immersive audiovisual experience. Actors take the stage, and the scene is set without the need for a traditional green screen. This virtual studio uses high-resolution LED displays to bring virtual settings to life. This is the first virtual studio of its kind in Taiwan to be installed inside of a TV studio. Culture Minister Shijia was on hand at the new studio's inauguration on Friday. This virtual studio can be made available for use by Taiwan's film industry. If we are able to continue operating it, this studio will get better and better. This is one of our dreams for technology, and it's finally come true. FTV President Dorothy Wong says she hopes that new technology will bring new visual experiences to the people of Taiwan, and that the application of leading technology will spur on the industry. It's the mainstream in Hollywood, and it's getting that way now in Asia too, because a lot of the LED manufacturers are based in Asia. Today's presentation faithfully demonstrates the type of content that can be done in virtual reality, which can really save time and money. Using a virtual studio, actors don't need to film outdoors, which means they aren't limited by weather or geographical conditions. After watching the presentation today, I feel that the tracking system the virtual studio uses is very stable. This may be the most complete virtual studio setup I have seen so far in Taiwan. The evolution of virtual and augmented reality technology in Taiwan is giving the country's film industry the tools it needs to break into international markets and to meet the standards of international studios. In recent years, American TV shows and movies featuring Asians. Including Chinese Americans, have been on the rise. Many of them target younger audiences. Voice of America's Elizabeth Lee spoke to students at a Taiwanese school summer camp in Washington to get their thoughts on the trend. A cool Taiwanese treat. It's just one cultural activity that director CC Su hopes to teach her 13-year-old daughter and other students at this Washington, D.C. Taiwanese school summer camp. You just gotta tuck the edges in, make a kind of smooth skin on top. Many here are the children or grandchildren of Taiwanese immigrants. When they are not at camp, Su says she's happy these students can see people who look like them on screen. I'm really enjoying the representation that is being put into the media. Shang-Chi, we're now. Asian and Asian Americans can be superheroes. Sue can relate to some of the scenes in Disney's new TV show, American Born Chinese. I remember having my name mispronounced. I rem, I absolutely remember having 
a brand new Asian student, Chinese student actually, come to my elementary school, and me getting dragged out of class to be the guide for this brand new student. Is there a Jim Wang here? Wang. This is Wayne Chung. Wei Chen. He's a new student and he's Chinese, like you. He's gonna tag along to all of your classes. Some Hollywood productions have been accused of self-censoring to avoid angering Beijing and improving their chances of capturing the large Chinese movie market, but that seems to have changed. They realize that it's not as automatic as they thought, and the kinds of investment and sort of kowtowing that would that, that would require was no guarantee that it was going to happen. Because access to the Chinese market is not guaranteed. I love a grand event. Hollywood seems to stick with universal themes when telling Asian American stories. More Asian American films and shows might also be due to anti-Asian hate incidents that made headlines during the pandemic, says Chinese YouTuber Yao Zhang, who resides in Canada. Some people, especially Chinese people, wants to show the world that we are not all spies. Some of these students would like to see more characters with backgrounds like theirs. If a child wants to be something other than a doctor, lawyer, and engineer, that is acceptable. You know, we won't try to push you out of it. Outside of camp, Sue's daughter dabbles in acting, recreationally, for now. A baboon escaped from Liufu Village theme park in Shinju back in March due to the park's negligence. And next week, the park will undergo a biennial evaluation by the county government. On Friday, annual animal protection activists alleged that some of the thousands of animals in the park, consisting of more than 70 species, lacked sufficient welfare in 18 specific areas. They are demanding that the Xinzhu County government thoroughly inspect Liu Fu's facilities and make their evaluation public. The material on the floor of the ponies and goats enclosures everyone can see is actually made of concrete. This is extremely bad material when it comes to the animal's temperature regulation and their joints. The most awful thing is that they've violated tigers' needs for solitary habitats. We've even seen this lead to tragedies of them fighting each other to death. Aside from the baboon enclosure being very small, the environment is very monotonous and there's absolutely no way of fulfilling their needs to climb. The Shinju County government invited experts to survey five kinds of protected animals and they don't know by what time the improvements will be completed. Lifu Village Theme Park is ignoring animal protection laws and is also ignoring the enforcement of public authority. Next week's evaluation should absolutely not go easy on them. If they don't pass the evaluation, if they don't show any improvement by the deadline, we may do something like revoke their licence to put animals on display. Faced with questions from animal protection activists, Liu Fu issued a statement emphasizing that the current displays and enclosures comply with existing regulations. They added that they will strive to increase measures for the animal's enrichment and would also cooperate with the relevant authorities and experts after the investigation by listening to their suggestions and making adjustments. 
In the heat of summer, what better way to cool off than to have shaped eyes? FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us to a Taipei eatery that serves up shaved ice inspired by Captain Hook, macaroons, and angry birds using fresh locally sourced seasonal fruits. Tired of traditional shaved ice, store owners in Taiwan are getting creative with Angry Bird and macaron-inspired shaved ice. Let's take a look at how it's made. Pink dragon fruit and lemon shaved ice is topped with fresh watermelon, condensed milk, and chocolate for the eyes. This is a shaved ice concoction inspired by the video game Angry Birds. It is made using balls of dragon fruit, lemon, and watermelon. We use fresh fruits to make the ice. This shaved ice is inspired by the different colors of macarons. The pink is strawberry, green is cantaloupe, blue is butterfly pea flower, and yellow is mango. It's served with a generous helping of condensed milk. There are four flavors of ice. The bottom layer is mango, followed by butterfly pea flower, cantaloupe, and strawberry. The eyes are made of chocolate. The store owner went to Tainan to learn how to make shaved ice. Prior to opening his shaved ice store, he worked in banking. Shaved ice has some technical components, and it takes a lot of practice to make the shape look good. Currently, mangoes are in season. Shaved ice with fresh milk is very refreshing. Taiwan shaved ice is famous worldwide. With summer in full swing, shops are looking to create unique treats for its patrons. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Tai Chen Han in Taipei.